right, all right. Hello, hello, everybody. Episode 14, we in here. I'm so excited every week, as you guys can imagine. But today, I'm really excited. And if you guys have already seen the news, as you see, I'm already rocking the squad, rep hard team Atlanta. If you've seen the news, it is true. I am so excited just for so many reasons. And we're going to talk about it later. I sit down with my snookabooka. Yes, I sit down with snookabooka, but I sit down with my snookabooka to talk about it. But I'm just excited for so many things to just get connected to the city with the dream. And if you guys saw all the news throughout 2020, the Atlanta dream stood firm in a sense of they wanted to have a voice and they stood and they stood in their voices. And I'm so excited to represent players who who are that bold and proud. And so, yeah, I'm excited, you guys. And let me bring in my two lit crew, uh, Cole, my sister, Snook, my me, Madre, and my manager, Paul Garino. So I'm excited. The fam bam has known for a while. Everybody's sitting here. We've known for a long time and it's been like our best kept secret. But now it's out and I'm just I'm excited and ready to work. So let's just hop right into it. Let me just say VP texted chat and said, oh, I got some good scoreboards today. So <laughs> VP, what you got for us today? Yeah, we had a we had a. Uh save a lot of secrets or whatever <laughs> yes we are the secret holders this is this group that you see right here all it is right here yeah they they usually know a month before it's allowed to be announced and i always have to tell them hey you guys listen can't say anything but yeah all right first off i'll go i'll start with uh tiktok since we kind of touched on it last week they actually uh just officially became the sleeve sponsor of the mls team and the nwsl teams for portland timber portland yes and that's my squad i don't know if you guys know i used to have some portland gear around here but portland sent me a care package so i you know i roll with them in a sense of kill it and i saw all the jerseys they're actually lit they got like the tiktok sign and then they were posing like this so yeah like i know you see it it was pretty <laughs> it was pretty lit what do y'all think about that social media is being branding like you know social media branding on jerseys they're late they're late yeah. i think so as much money as the social media platforms bring in they should have been well, yeah, in the probably, game that's probably why they haven't because they don't really need probably need to do it yeah oh, that's, true. that's true i guess if you don't need advertising why pay for it right exactly you're absolutely right Dang, what do you think Snookabook is over there texting and ain't even, she's like the student in class that ain't even paying attention. I was trying to look it up because I'm unfamiliar with uh, the acronym that he used. So I was just- What acronym? Oh, goodness. The Women's Pro Soccer League. I'm sorry, you guys. That's, yes, we know the, the NWSL over here. I just can't say it yet. It doesn't flow like WNBA yet. No, no. I, I, I thought he had another letter in there. That's why I was looking it up. That's so time. what do you think about social media, Snookabooka, uh, social media's like using advertising promotion on athletic things? Like, what do you think about that? Okay, again, I think we've discussed this before. It's a great way of uh, uh, highlighting sponsorship. But sometimes I think uh, fans might like just to have the, the major name of the team on the jersey because you know if, if if it's all wiped out with sponsorship names or whatever <laughs> it doesn't have the same impact if you have it up or if you wear it or whatever 
that's just Snookabook my- is old school. So Snookabook is old school in a sense of <laughs> she just wants the plain jerseys and just keep it simple. But no, I'm just saying a lot of them. You have well, this one, what we're saying is the TikTok one is on the sleeve. It's right here on the sleeve. Okay. okay well, That's she wasn't paying. So you guys, I would like you to know she was not paying attention. Paul literally said on the sleeve and that doesn't need to be Googled. She was not paying attention. I was so focused on the acronym. I didn't catch the sleeve. So, so <laughs> Look at my... Yeah, she missed it. She missed it. But Snooker Booker doesn't like when the team name is not across the team name chest. But yeah, TikTok is on the sleeve. It's lit. I mean, I think it's honestly more lit for the teams in a sense of like, that's big branding. If if TikTok is going to be featuring you and your team on their platform, I mean that you, it would seem like you might even need to pay the other way around. But I'm not going to say that because TikTok, we need the coins too. If you want to brand this <laughs> sleeve right here on the Atlanta Dream, TikTok, where you want to be at on our jersey? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's good? Yeah, Cole, like, where are you trying to be at? What you got next, VP? And you're officially Renee Montgomery on TikTok now. Got my name on TikTok. My <laughs> VP got me my name on TikTok. He got me verified on TikTok. And now all I have to do is get on TikTok. That's the hard part. Yeah. All right. So this next one is, uh, it's kind of, it's pretty big for boxing. Uh, so Triller just won the bid for uh, Tiafimo Lopez. He's the, like the linear champion. Oh, yeah. For $6 million. So they beat out like the two top promoters in boxing. So that's pretty big because it's a non-boxing promoter beat out two boxing promotions so uh and this is big because the boxing world is kind of like it's a niche world in a sense of if you're in you're in and so it's a whole new era now with this triller boxing i mean the celebrity box match that happened back in december it was like the proof of concept they knocked it out of the park and we kind of all expected that there was going to be some more things and now they're winning bids for a bit like Tiafimo, like we talk about that all the time on TMZ Sports about how, you know, he's the real deal. He's the the man. And they won the big, the bit of a biggest fight. Like what, like again, social media, how do y'all feel like social media? Well, all I say is uh, all of this new boxing promotion is a long way from Don King. Don King? Okay. <laughs> it's come okay. a long way from Don King, who used to be the one of the biggest uh, if I'm correct, the yeah. boxing promoters around. So he's it's actually, come a long way from that. I don't know if you heard me, but he, he's actually still active. Really? Yeah. Really? He promotes one uh, this one heavy heavyweight guy. Well, wow. He might have other boxers, but I know he has this one heavyweight that he was recently uh, promoted. I, I didn't wow. even know that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for an old person to hang in there. Wow. So, so Don King's still in the game, but it looks like Triller is going to take it over. My goodness. Yeah. So this is like, this is like, uh, like groundbreaking because now, now boxers can't really complain about like, you know, all this past events, you know, how, because now that just helped them. Yep. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because they were complaining about the uh, celebrity stuff because they were making more money than them. Oh, and so this is like a legit fight. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Now that just helped them because now Triller just backed real boxers. Yeah. Oh, I remember that argument. This is a real... So basically, 
non-fighters that haven't put the blood, sweat, and tears into fighting was coming into the boxing ring and just getting millions and millions of dollars. And then imagine the boxers that even on the celebrity fight, they had like real boxers as the openers in the very, very beginning at the top of the show. And they were making dramatically less than what the other boxers that were celebrity boxers that didn't really know how to box were making. So yeah, this is lit then that now the real boxers that are training every day putting their whole life into it. Now they're getting a check too. I like that. And I got to give Tiafimo his props because he held out. Uh, Cause I think top rank offered him you know, like one mil and now he's going to get like uh 2.9 mil, I believe. Woo! Yeah. That's almost a $2 million come up. That's what you call betting on yourself. Like that's what that is. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, Paul, what you got next? All right, this one is pretty random and cool for us since it's about podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Wynn Resorts in Las Vegas is investing $3.5 million into sports podcasting with Blue Wire, which I talked to, so we're oh. going to see this. And there, so the, the hotel is making a podcasting studio in the lobby. Oh, I can see how that could actually be lit. I see what they're doing here when I see you. This is creative, and I love this new age of creativity. Okay, so they're setting up the studio in the middle of the lobby. And uh, if you're wondering why in the world would they do that, my thought process is because think about all the celebrities that come through. Think about if you're filming and the impromptu things that you can't plan, like, Oh, snap. Who was that? Was that just Michael Jordan that walked by? Charles Barkley. And then imagine if the win even says, okay, Charles Barkley, you can stay here two nights for free. All you got to do is just come on one of our podcasts. I mean, I, I see so many different ways to just work this out. Man, people are getting so creative. What do y'all think about that, Cole? I absolutely agree. I think it's going to be pop-up celebrities. Not to mention, just think if you already know there's going to be a podcaster, how many of you talk about influencers who are going to just pop up, who want to be a part of that same thing. So you could be on the same podcast as Charles Barkley, as (laughs) LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? You could be like, I'm being there. And some people will pay to be there just so they can say, hey, can I can can you book me? I'm one of the influencers that, you know, so yeah, that's a free live studio audience. Like that's a free studio audience. Like, yeah. What do you think about it? Snook? Well, I think it's great. It's meeting the needs of the people and it's sort, sort of like those little photo booths they used to have everywhere. So if you don't have what you need to take a picture, Hey, here's the photo booth and you can jump in there with whoever, that's whatever, smart. the back or whatever. So it's similar to that. Just a little bit more advanced and up to date yeah and to snook's photo booth point i think about like i don't know if you guys have seen it but it's called the people of walmart and like it's just (laughs) it's just like the craziest photos you'll ever see at walmart and i can imagine that in vegas there might be some crazy things just randomly happening crazy costumes crazy outfits i mean vegas is pretty wild but the only problem is they have this infamous saying that what happens in vegas stays in vegas and i think with podcasting they will now be logging what happens in vegas and that could get risky it, it could yeah, I think also, i think also uh this is a, a pandemic thing because like i don't think this would be happening if the pandemic didn't happen 
No, this is opportunity that Blue Wire has just maximized on. We all know the hotels aren't doing well because travel is down, vacationing is down, partying is down. Well, in some places, it's pretty lit in some places too. So, but in general, I think that the sales are down. So companies are looking for ways to bring in people bring in revenue and man podcasting is booming as we're talking on our podcast like by the way we have some news and i'm excited about it i mean for you guys it might not seem exciting but the tech category of podcast is probably one of the bigger the bigger categories that you can be in and of course us being us uh, we just we we i love tech and we want to be in tech and so we chose the tech category and i just got an email from hold on where was that data from i gotta i gotta see because i want to make sure that i credit them for what they sent me but we got an email shouts to carlos and in that email it said that we are number 235 in the podcast category. Now you guys might be thinking 235, that's trash, but there's like thousands in there. And so for me, huh? And we're, and we're new. And we're new, talk to them. And Snookabook has been doing grassroots, just sending out the links, talking to people. And I love when I hear people like a Glenn Morning, uh, shouts to Taylor, who people that are like, just like actually genuinely just watch because they enjoy the show. So it's exciting. Like we're moving up the charts. And, and so I say this, we're doing this independently and I'm involved with some non-independent projects where you have like a machine backing you. And I see all the things that they're doing for that. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of promo. That's a lot of advertisement. That's a lot of networking that you're using. We don't have all of that. We just got y'all and us. And so it's been exciting to see that we have organic growth. You know, we're growing and I'm just going to enjoy all of the growth because like we just started in December, as Snook said, and like we're here. So congratulations to Lit Crew, 235 on the charts. Yeah, who, Paul, where was that email at that I sent you? Because I can't find out who broke down the data. Where was that at? I sent it. We 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 write way too many messages. Oh, you found it. Right? <laughs> I, it's po- I want to say it's pa- pod data. Podcaster data. Um, I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, oh, can we share the number? Didn't we hear something? Oh, here he goes right there. Happy podcasting. Oh, it's called from Pod Status, and I'm glad I looked because I wanted to give Pod Status a shout out because I want you guys to keep keeping us updated. Position 235 in the category technology in the U.S. Let's go! I love celebrating things. And look, this is, I mean, you guys, that's actually kind of lit. So I was excited for that. Um, that was yeah. just a little random news. Updating, yeah, updating bio to put top 200 podcast in tech. Yeah, like that's crazy. What do you say, Snickerbooka? And didn't we have a number for last week? How, how, how much did it grow? Oh, yes, we did, my snookabooka. We hit 4,000 downloads. And so, again, we're excited over here. Like, 4,000 of you guys? Like, what? Yes. So, I'm excited. I wish I had Oh, you know what? Let me throw. This is one, two, three. Yeah, let me throw some roses to ourselves. Oh, Let's get it. Like, I'm excited. So, 
what are we moving on to? Moving on, moving on to happening IRL. And so this is the Atlanta dream episode in a sense of, I want you guys to get into it, like support us, please. Because as we know, women's basketball and women's sports just haven't gotten the support that I think they deserve. And I think that athletes deserve in general we really do work just as hard as the men's side we put in just as many hours and put in just as many blood sweat and tears and so I'm going to put that same thing into the team the Atlanta dream someone else who's going to do that is Susan A. Bear and she and you know Suzanne she's just been she just been so already she's kind of just let me know the vision of where where she sees things going and she's the COO of Northland and you know their real estate but they've always been interested in basketball and but one of the staples of Northland is they want you know to advance women empowerment they want to aid in social justice and they also want to end homelessness and so of course I want to be a part of a group like that a team like that so check it out Suzanne okay so as you can hear on my introduction I am extremely excited to be partnering in this journey with Suzanne I'm going to follow her lead I want to learn so much like I told her already I want to learn everything but just to see a powerful woman in business now investing interest into the women's game we talk about it a lot women investing in women and I mean Suzanne you are one of those women and so I'm excited I want to ask so many questions but I'm going to just start at just what drew you to the Atlanta dream so first of all Renee let me say thank you um it's an honor to be on your podcast um it's uh this is this has truly been an exciting um couple of weeks uh for myself for Larry obviously um, but I think I shared with you, uh, we had entered the Atlanta market last year in our core business in real estate. Um, we have always been, you know, I think Larry said, you know, we, I'm a huge sports fan. Um, I'll share with you my, my cute little basketball story in a moment. Um, yes. and, um, it, for us, I think the idea of really the platform, you know, um, incredibly strong female athletes professional athletes, the intersection of sports and social justice. That's where we wanted to be. And we are so excited to invest in this team, to invest in Atlanta, um, to build an organization that everyone can be proud of. Um, and that's what we're excited to do. Okay, well, we got to hear the story now. I mean, and you guys, if you can't tell why I'm so excited, listen to what she just said, the intersectionality, social justice, sports, all of that already on board but we got to hear this story <laughs> let's hear this let's hear your basketball story all right so here we go so <laughs> i i did not grow up playing basketball um i grew up playing softball um and uh, i'm a little bit older than you renee right like i was playing softball in in the uh 70s into the uh, into the early 80s so from uh, elementary school through high school but um one season in high school our softball coach had left the school and our, uh, the, the, the uh, girls basketball coach was going to be taking over um, coaching the softball team. And he thought it would be a, a great idea to have the softball players play JV basketball so that we could get in oh. shape for the softball season. And let me, just say, <laughs> let me just say, Renee, that I may have been in the best shape I'd ever been in to start softball yeah. season. It was a disaster on the court. Like, 
you cannot take, you know, women who have only played uh, girls at that point, right? Who've only played softball and think that they can just step onto the court and play, uh, you know, play basketball. <laughs> Some did fine. I did not. Um, and <laughs> I read it, but I have been the biggest fan of the sport for yeah. so long, you know, like growing up, I actually had a hoop in the yard and I loved to play, but I have no skills. I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> Listen, but that's fine though, because everybody has a role to play. If, if my basketball coach took me to the softball field, I would just like <laughs> to say it would have went just as bad. I'm just saying, like, it's not easy to just hop into another sport. So I'm just going to say, like, I wouldn't have been out there and just been able to kill it at softball. But, <laughs> but you hit on something, but you hit on something, though. We've talked about it. So your team is the Celtics, of course. And I, we always go back and forth because the Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks have like it was one and one at a certain point. We did end up winning that that series two to one with the Atlanta Dream. But to yeah. your point that you still follow the sport, you watch the sport. You were watching the Syracuse Duke game the other day. And so I want people to know, like. We chat about these things and y'all are invested. And so now I wanted to ask you too about just moving forward. A lot of people are curious, well, what are we going to do with the dream and, and what are our thoughts and what are our principles? So I wanted to let them hear it from you. Yeah, that's great. So uh, first off, I'm just going to say those were a couple of tough losses for the Celtics, Renee. So <laughs> we're in a, I'm just going to put out there, Danny, if you're listening, we need some help. I'm going to put that out there. Um, uh, you know, with respect to the dream, what are we going to do? We're going to invest long-term in this organization and we're going to strive to create an organization for where we have excellence on the court and excellence in the office. And, you know, we're going to strive to, uh, you know, to build an organization where everyone is a stakeholder. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of the term, um, you know, ownership or, you know, shareholder. I like to think that everyone is a stakeholder in the organization. So whether you're someone who is, um, you know, someone who is in the basketball operation side, whether you're someone who may be on the marketing team, you may be someone who's working in the finance department, you may be on the court. Everyone has a role to play and an important role to play. If we want to be a winning organization, everyone needs to buy into that. And we need to make sure that we're coalescing around shared values, shared values that will guide us as we build this organization. And as we take the dream to where I really believe the dream can be, which is really embracing the city of Atlanta and, and Atlanta will embrace us back. Oh, I love that you said that because I wanted to hit on that. So we're very fortunate Atlanta is a city that is booming in not only just business, but in women empowerment. We're led by women all throughout the city in a sense of Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms and different women throughout. And you, you and Larry have both emphasized the philanthropic aspect of it. You, your company with Northland, that's y'all's history. Y'all, You can go back yes. and look, it's already there. So what do you see moving forward in that aspect of the Atlanta dream? So uh, two things, I, I want to give Larry a shout out because people deserve to know this about Larry. And Renee, you've heard me say this before. Larry uh, has been a champion of, of women um, and women in leadership roles across our organization for a long time. You know, I've, I've worked with Larry in some capacity since 1998. Um, so I really have a sense for, 
you know, who Larry is and the type of organization that we, you know, that we've built um, here. And, you know, it's those same principles that we want to bring to the dream um, that we, you know, our Northlands, you know, you know, philanthropy is really centered around three core principles, as Larry mentioned earlier today, it's um, empowering women, it's combating racism and ending homelessness. I, what we need to do is that may be what Northland's philanthropy is around and it aligns obviously with the dream, but we also wanna make sure that we're, we're aligning with what the player's vision is for what, what, what aspects of social justice are they interested in advancing? Where can we help them amplify their voice? How do we make sure that people are heard? Um, you know, I, I talked about this, I talk about this at Northland a lot, like it, it's, people deserve respect, they deserve to be heard, and it shouldn't matter what your role is in the organization. Obviously, there are people who are in different leadership roles in an organization, but everyone deserves the same amount of value and respect and to be heard. And we want to help the players amplify their voice and help them achieve their goals, both on the court and off the court. So do y'all see why I'm hyped? <laughs> okay, I just, I want y'all to see why I'm hyped because I, I want everybody, it's different if I tell people what I see that you guys see, you and Suzanne and, and Larry, but when you hear it straight from Suzanne, <laughs> this is why I'm excited. And you brought up the players and, you know, we were able to just have a chat with the players. And I saw a lot of smiles because the players heard what Suzanne was saying, what Larry was saying, and it's different. You know, it's different when there's a group of people that are in a position of power that are saying, we want to empower you and we want to see what you guys want to do in the community. And so that's why I even talk about it. Uh, Atlanta businesses, corporations embrace us because supporting goes a lot of different ways. You can support by coming to the game, which y'all better be coming to the games and you can better support by investing. Yeah, you better be coming to the games. Like you can support by investing. If you're Atlanta, we have over 10 fortune 500 companies just here so if you're a company and you want to show your support you can do that you can invest in atlanta we're going to do our part in a sense of we're going to steer the ship and make sure the players are heard but i just really wanted you guys to hear it from suzanne and then one more thing Absolutely. now a lot we've talked a lot about the city we've talked a lot about the players we want to win right suzanne <laughs> like you know we're talking about <laughs> different things we still want to win uh, i i said this to you renee right like we <laughs> definitely want to win we're in it to win it right and, and that yes. that yeah. is across across the organization <laughs> like we want to win on the court we want to win off the court and you know i would say it, we want we want everyone in atlanta to join us on this journey because this is a new beginning for the atlanta dream we're incredibly excited about this journey and we know that we really believe that the city will embrace this team. And I really believe this team is going to embrace the city right back. And so we're really excited about this next chapter. I'm so excited. So that's why I listen. I get excited easily. Everyone knows that. But this is exciting. Atlanta, stand up. Stand up for the Atlanta dream. Stand up for us. We're all trying to do something here. You heard it from Suzanne's mouth. We're all in this together. So I look to see y'all at the games. And Suzanne, 
listen, we're going to be talking a lot, but thank you so much for joining me on Remotely Renee. It is absolutely my pleasure, Renee. I, I can't wait to actually get down to Atlanta. Uh, I'm a little yes. jealous that you've got your gear on and I'm actually in my office <laughs> today and didn't have any gear with me. So that will change. Um, we got to get up, Suzanne. We got to get you head to toe, geared out, Atlanta Dream, <laughs> WNBA, all of that. I'm going to start working on my dribble as soon as I get home, Renee. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Suzanne. Thanks, Renee. Okay, okay, okay. So I hate to hop in and hop back out, but we're about to hop in and hop back out because I know everybody has a lot of questions about what's going on, um, how did this happen, all of the above. And so I knew that I needed to answer those questions. And so who better to ask the questions than the person that's been there with me since I was five? She was with me shooting in the gym. Okay, like she's that one. It's my snookabooka. So co-host sitting over there, Bert Leah Montgomery, we swapped seats. You know, we had to do a little switcheroo. And she just asked me some questions about my life and getting here to this point. And I'm not going to cry. Check it out. Okay, well, hello there, and welcome to a podcast uh, where you usually see Renee being the interviewer, someone else being the interviewee, but today we're flipping that, and I'm the interviewer, and guess what? I will be interviewing my daughter, Renee Montgomery, so let's go ahead and get started. Let me just say that I'm honored to be sitting in the shoes of the interviewer today. Hopefully I can be as good at this as she is. But probably if you're listening to this, you know about Renee's story career and her accomplishments. But I'm going to do a short recap in case this is the first time you're tuning in. So because I'm doing this little uh, recap is because I've been there every step of the way. So let's <laughs> yeah. start. When Renee was five years old, she started playing boys basketball and in the boys bitty league. And then she went on to high school to win three state West Virginia girls basketball scholarships and one runner up. She went on to UConn to be a two-time All-American and also win a championship there. And then from there, she went on to professional basketball and she was blessed to win two championships with the Minnesota Lynx and also be uh, during her career, be a all-star and a sixth woman of the year. So that's a quick recap of Renee's background. <laughs> and so today I have a few questions I'd like to ask her. And I'll start with uh, the decision to opt out for the 2020 WNBA season uh, with the Atlanta Dream. You know, I personally know how much basketball meant to you and how hard you worked at it. So I know it's uh, it was a difficult time for you to decide to make that decision to step out or step away from competitive sports. So what are your feelings about hanging up your Kobe's and not dribbling the basketball anymore competitively? Well, first of all, Snookabooka, look at you coming all prepared and ready. I love it. Thank you for doing this, Snook. Um, I felt like this was, this felt right. You know, if I'm going to do one of these sit downs and just talk about it all, why not talk about it with who's been there every step of the way? So thank you, Snookabooka, for, for switching seats with me. And, you know, for me, it was tough. I mean, you talked about it. It was tough. I started playing when I was five. And, like, 
when I was five, I was serious. Like I was serious about basketball at five. And so fast forward to 34, you know, when I decided, well, actually I was 33 when I opted out. Um, you know, it was difficult because when you're opting out of basketball, you're not just opting out of the sport and actually like shooting the ball and the mechanics of that. You're opting out of the sisterhood in a sense of being in that locker room and and you see all kinds of, of people talk about it. Dwayne Wade has talked about it a lot that locker room atmosphere that you'll miss being a part of the sisterhood the hard practices where you can't even move after practicing you're just sitting in the locker room like oh you're tired but you know you did something amazing so you know when I was thinking about opting out I was thinking about all those things and um then I started to think about the things that I could do when I opt what I could do when I opted out and you know I started to weigh my pros and cons I talked to you Snookabooka I talked to Diddy uh, you know, I talked to my family, my fiance, just everybody that it would affect. And, and I just really felt like it felt right, you know, and even, even though I was leaving something that I was so comfortable with, and I was going to the unknown, which is crazy for me, because everybody that knows me knows I'm routine. And so to break a routine, it was very uncomfortable for me. But you know, the way everything played out, I just really felt like I needed to be in Atlanta in that moment during this movement and it, it really gained momentum. And now it's just, you know, it's a marathon. Okay. Okay. Next, um, you work with LeBron James in a more than a vote campaign and he tweeted and, and referred to you as the queen for the work you did with his organization. You were recently selected as a 2021 Time 100 selectee and the uh, article was written by Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. So your Atlanta mayor wrote that article about your activism in Atlanta and how you cemented your place in America's long history of leadership and civil rights. First of all, what did you learn from your activism work this past year? A lot, you know, um... I, I don't even, I, I told people outward, like even when I opted out, I didn't really have a plan. Like I just knew I wanted to be in Atlanta. I wanted to have an impact in Atlanta and I didn't know how I was gonna go about it or what I was gonna do. And I was really blessed that it started with more than a vote. You know, they were one of the first people, as you mentioned, LeBron James's crew to reach out to me and just take me under their, their wing and be like, I see what you're trying to do. This is what we're doing. I see a lot of continuity in that and there's good synergy there. So like, kind of, do you want to do, do what you're doing with us basically? And I was like, what? Yes. Like, and for me, like, again, I didn't have a plan. So then when they reached out to me, it kind of shifted my mind because I started out where I was just giving out waters and I was just wanting to let the community know, look, I'm here. Like, you know, like I'm here, I'm with you. And I was giving out waters. And then I threw a, a pop-up block party on Juneteenth to just have a celebration amongst a lot of tragedy. Cause if you can think back to last June, there wasn't a lot that people were celebrating. You know, the pandemic was roaring, um, you know, we're still in it. And there was a lot of deaths, a lot of unknowns, people were losing their jobs. And so I wanted to just be a bright spot. And then it just kind of, it, it snowballed into so much more the remember the third campaign that Chris and I, I started and then just working with Stacey Abrams, the queen of democracy. Like I couldn't even believe that, that I was sitting, you know, they asked me, she has a, um, an organization called civics for culture. And, and the premise of that is a lot of people think that they're not into politics. And, and Stacey Abrams always says, even if you're not into politics, politics is into you. That's why they fight so hard for us basically to not want to vote. It wasn't that important. They wouldn't be trying to stop it. And so 
when I got to sit down and talk to people like a Stacey Abrams and they're telling me they're proud of what I'm doing, that fueled me and, and it turned into to different things. I mean, I am still mind blown that my mayor named Keisha just, you know, did something for me with the time 100. I just like situations like that. It's just like, I'm, I'm so humble because I don't even know how to say thank you. I, you know, it just started with a want to, and then, and, and here I am. Okay. What is your biggest takeaway? You know, uh, we keep mentioning in Atlanta, what is your biggest takeaway from doing all of that work in Atlanta per se, since that is your new home base? <laughs> you know, Atlanta's lit. I, I chose Atlanta. Um, three years into the league, you know, like this is, this is the first place that I bought a home. And now this is going to be my like home forever. And so, you know, when I chose Atlanta nine years ago, I never knew it would, it, it, I would be in this position in Atlanta. But the reason I chose Atlanta is because it's booming as far as business is concerned. And, you know, um, I, I, I see myself as an entrepreneur. And so I saw myself wanting to do a lot of things. So I wanted to be in a city where I could do a lot of things in Atlanta you know, it's just rich in culture, rich in leaders, as the mayor Keisha Lance Bottom talked about, and just rich in a lot of the things that, that I'm excited about. You know, there's a lot of women that are bosses here in Atlanta, like running big Fortune 500 companies and just doing big things. And so I was drawn to that because I saw something that I wanted to be in, and, and that was just here in Atlanta. So to be able to have an impact in Atlanta, to just be able to do something positive in a city that's already booming, that was like my dream in the beginning. Okay. Okay. You know, I worked in a college for a number of years, so I was really tuned into what your major was in college. So at UConn, it was communication. So, yeah. you know, how were you able to use the skills you learned from your degree to create such a large media platform? Yeah, you know, a lot of people probably didn't even know that in the beginning that, you know, I went to school for communications because I knew I wanted to be in entertainment. You know, and a lot of people, the first thing they think of when they think of athletes, they're talking about, oh, do you want to be a coach or do you want to be, you know, things that are actually like that? And I, I've always been very vocal about like, I don't think coaching is my route. I think more analyzing the game. And I was blessed to get a, a role with the NBA team here, the Atlanta Hawks and be an analyst for them. But that's kind of where I saw myself. You know, I saw myself being a host, an entertainer um, in a sense of I, I'm, I, I like to talk to people and interact with people on a, in a large scale. And so that's what that's literally what TV is. You just interact with people on camera. And so I knew that I liked interacting with people and I wanted that to be my job in a sense of, you know, I like to, to make people happy and I like to try to make people laugh. Um, and so I just I, I knew that okay, I have the equipment that I need. And what I mean by equipment is I got this little sheet of paper that says I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. And that's a communications major. And so I just tried to wave that around. And it's crazy because people don't really care. <laughs> people don't really care in a sense. Uh, they want to know your experience. You know, I thought me being a WNBA player was going to open a lot of doors for me right away. And that wasn't the case. Snookabooka, you know. So like, what do you guys think? <laughs> uh, Renee, you said you've known her only since you were five. No, <laughs> you did. You did. I didn't mean I known her since so, uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I was, was Renee snatched up too? Gotcha. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. That was a slight of tongue. I meant I started playing basketball at the age of five, and that's when I was dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. But you guys, let's talk about it. The dream. Like, what? 
Wow. All I can say is, wow, what a, uh, what a uh, progression of uh, circumstances, you know, uh, with your dreams of, uh, you know, in basketball and to be able to step up from being a player. And, you know, who knew most of the time the next level is coaching uh, that individuals who have been players step into. But you even bypassed that and went on up to ownership. So, you know, hats off to you and, and best of luck. I just know that the sky is the limit for the for you and for the dream. Thank you, my snooker booker, Cole. I had to pick back on that because mom said exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, mo I think most progression is coaching. And Renee, you I remember how many times I said, well, you know, you could coach. And Renee was like, I don't know about coaching. And she fought me and fought me. But guess what? You can't coach and bought a team. I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you at all. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty crazy because most people – just because of how vocal I am, I'm a point guard. So, you know, we read the game differently than a lot of different, you know, like positions. And so everybody's kind of told me that, man, you would be great at coaching. You don't want to coach. And I've even gotten coaching job offers while I was playing. And it just never felt like me. First of all, I don't have patience. And so like, I, I, I don't have the patience for it. I'll just say that. And, and it's different. You know, I, I'm a part of the old school, even though I may not be the age of old school. I have my sisters and I just feel like I'm a part of the old school. So I don't, that's just not for me. But this is, this is so exciting. And um, VP, what do you feel about this? Cause this is interesting. Who's your favorite team? I don't want to hear nothing crazy. <laughs> Who's my favorite? I can't, I don't do favorite teams. You see how he does me, but you know what? He's affiliated with other athletes, so I'm not even going to put him in the hot seat because I know that he told me somebody the other day. That, um, my own podcast. What? Somebody asked what? Actually, our friend of the show, our the friend of the show, Lexi Brown, asked me that on my own podcast. And, and what'd you say? The same thing. She was trying to tell me, she wanted me to say the Minnesota link. Okay, so <laughs> let me just say. Obviously, we know the Atlanta Dream is my VP's favorite team, but we don't want to have to say it out loud because he, like I said, the friend of his show, he has his own podcast, Lexi Brown, Superstars on his stuff too, Ben the Baller, Dog Face. Like his podcast is lit too, shouts to average to savage, but average to savage. But we all know your favorite team is the Atlanta Dream, VP. Three, uh, three of your other hosts are affiliated with the Atlanta Dream. So can you talk very nicely? Talk to us nice about the Atlanta Dream, VP. So are we getting some championships? Okay. Okay. What is that? I got a really big team, and they need some really nice things. Everybody <laughs> coming with no strings. Listen, and speaking of my team, so who was it? Ari Chambers asked me on multiple occasions, how do you do it in 24 hours? Like, do you have the same 24 hours we have, sis? And I do, but the thing that I also have is just an amazing squad. And you better believe my squad is coming with me. Started with my snookabooka. She's going to be my executive advisor for RME, RM Enterprise. And then I got my sister, Nicole Young, who's going to be the COO of it. And she's going to keep everything functioning. My VP, I'm telling him right now, he's going to have to be head of marketing. And the reason that all of this works is because of them. So I can't do it all like Snookabooka. They're typing up stuff for me. They're helping me figure out things. They're brainstorming ideas. Me and VP literally talk all day, every day about everything. 
everything from NBA Top Shop to anything under the sun. So, yeah, like this is my squad. And I always have to shout out my squad as I get individual milestones and stuff because literally they're behind me pumping me and fueling me so we are on shouts to the atlanta dream and i also think i wore this hoodie last week and i you know i didn't really plan it out well but i knew i had to wear this this week because okay we in here okay so next up next up next up snookabook is going to talk to us a little bit in remote roots and in remote roots, I love it because y'all are gonna get educated whether you heathens like it or not. Snookabooka, <laughs> the floor is yours. Okay, so last month was Black History Month, and we concluded that. And so uh, March is the National Women's Month. Yes, and, uh, it started. And it's a natural. It's National Women's History Month. Actually, is the correct title of it, and it's just a month just like Black History Month, to celebrate the contributions that women have made uh, and maybe been overlooked uh, down through history. So in 1980, Jimmy Carter started out with a National Women's Week, which was celebrating the same uh, same thing. And in 1995, it kind of moved to the National Women's Month. So at any rate, uh, as with the, uh, which a lot of people didn't know that Black History Month each year had a thing so does uh, National Women's Month. So last year- Didn't was, know that. Just like uh, with the Black History Month, voting rights was for national, in 2020, voting rights was the national his, women's history uh, thing. This month is women in leadership. Achieving oh. the oh. <laughs> world. That's the thing, achieving women in leadership, achieving an equal future in a COVID-19 world. Huh. Where do you get this information from? I know, Snookabooka is scouring the internet. Like, I love it. This is like crazy because like, I feel like every time something we kind of plan out something and then something just aligns with it. Yes, like we are. Yes, Snookabooka, continue. Uh, You got to state your sources, Snook, too. Oh, because you were. Okay. Not today. Say you'll bring it to him next time. Okay, but you can check it out. I'm sure you'll find that I'm accurate. <laughs> she said, fact check me, baby. <laughs> okay, so at any rate, for this first week of March, I thought I would go back to my grandmother, who is my, IR, my IRL hero in real life. And uh, since we're talking about what the contributions of women have been down through history, I think it's wonderful that I highlight her as being responsible for myself and my sisters and uh my grandchildren and her she's the great matriarch grand great grand matriarch of our family and she uh, i've talked a lot about her husbands in her five marriages which makes her a little bit you know different from most families <laughs> at that many legal husbands as she said. but at any rate uh I'd like to kind of go over, you know, she left school when she was in the fourth grade to work on her family's farm because that's just what they did back then. You know, the children wow. were help. And so she had to self-educate herself. And so one of the things I wanted to share, and I keep this in a book, uh, in a bag because it's so old. What? Self-educated individual. And so this was the book that she went by for a lot of information 
And this what? was able to uh, share with me when I was younger. And this book was printed in 1900, I believe. It's so old, you can't hardly even see. It's 1900. I think it's zero at the end. It might be a one or a two or something like that. Wow. But anyway, in this book, it had finances. It had cooking, how to shop, uh, words and vocabularies. And so, as I said, you can see the book is very old and I keep it there, but she was a self-educated individual and she did a lot of self-education that she uh, did for herself. Oh, Snook, you're killing it now. We got props now, what? <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness. So after leaving school in the fourth grade, we know that she married at 17 and survived the first pandemic back in the 1900s. Uh, uh, the Spanish flu? Spanish flu. She raised all of her children herself. She uh, was uh, was proud that she was able to make it through the depression without having any assistance or whatever. She worked and did all she needed to do to feed her family on her own. Uh, after that, she uh, was a cook at uh, several hospitals in McDowell County. Uh, she also did day work when she moved to the West Virginia area for a, a prominent doctor here, Dr. Thomas Blake in St. Albans. Uh, back in McDowell County, she was a restaurant owner and a bootlegger at one point. Okay. <laughs> and uh, finally, when she retired, she retired as the baker at West Virginia State University's cafeteria. She had a stroke at work and that in 1964, which caused her to retire at that period of time. So I would like to just recognize her posthumously as my hero and as a great woman who has uh, has reared a, a family that has gone on to a lot of successes down through the baby of my family, which is Renee, who is now celebrating being an owner and a leader in a WNBA professional basketball team. Wow! Wow, Snookabooka, have a day. I need just like the emoji, like my head exploding. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what just happened? Did we just get the book of life? But my great grandmother on the show is called the College of Life, basically. Um, and, and imagine that. Who is that boy? Right, a little story is uh, my girlfriend, my best friend was named Sherry Toller, who lived a few houses over. Sherry. For three years old, uh, when we moved here, we became friends. Well, my grandparents, my grandfather was great at math, and my grandmother was great with teaching. And so she taught us all of this stuff before we even started in the first grade. We knew how to write uh, our regular letters. We knew how to do cursive. We knew our multiplication tables in the first grade. And so when we went and we wrote our name on the first day of school, the teacher said, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we were just talking about this. You guys would have probably skipped a grade back then if that was a thing because y'all were educated. Okay, what were you about to say, Paul? Oh, he said, who was the author of that book? Like, who wrote it? Okay, the author. <laughs> now it makes sense how you became a college professor. Yeah, <laughs> like, I hope everyone can see. That's why I said, you're going to get this education. And we got, we got props now. I mean, we got, oh, let's see. Oh, we can see it. Oh, that's really good. Practical self-educator, a manual of self-improvement for the colored race. But who's it by? I can't see. That's too small, but what? Henry, Deb, Henry Davenport Northrop, DD, Honorable Joseph R. Gay, and I'm Professor I. Garland Penn. Take a photo of that. We need a photo of that. That's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. 
That is amazing, Ma. So have that's- you read that? You read the whole thing? I'm assuming. I went through it. I haven't read the whole thing. As I said, it's uh, it's seen its better day. That's why I just kind of looked at it. When I was younger, I used to look at the things like, it tells you how to pluck a chicken, you know? How to do a- <laughs> oh, it tells you how to like survive in the hood, baby. Yeah, that's awesome. Bookkeeping, last wills and testaments. What? Uh, care and culture of plants. Uh, it's like it's social media. It's like Google. Yes, that's the Google before they were Google. Yes. Whenever you all come home sometime, I'll pull it out and you can kind of look through it and see some of the amazing things that were back at night in the 1900s what? for individuals who did not get a chance in school. Wow, Snookabooka. This one might have been my favorite one yet. I cannot believe the College of Life was a book written for people to figure out how to live life. Oh my gosh. Like that is love <laughs> it. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Woo. Um, okay. So we're gonna, wow. I'm like, really, you guys see why that's professor Montgomery. Okay. <laughs> okay. She teaching us some things. Oh, right. Oh yeah. And speaking of education, we're going to educate you guys along the way. Oh yeah. Look what I got in the mail. By the way, shouts to Bloomberg. I never shows up good because the ring light, but shouts to Bloomberg. They sent me the the actual magazine, the physical copy of the Bloomberg 50. Oh, here's here. I got mine. The oh, but yes, you got, oh. you got your stuff. Okay. Because, you know, like this is like, you know, I got to hook up the two lit crew, but VP educate the people on FCF. What's going on, you guys? I'm really proud of our team. You know, like I'm going to be that owner that's going to be proud of the team, win, lose, or draw. I feel like we're doing a really good job with our team. Okay. But VP, we tagged somebody. Who was it? What's going on? What is this? We need a gear update on your, wherever your gear is at. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where is the gear? So the beast tag TJ Edwards, another quarterback. So back-to-back weeks, which is uh, would probably be random in other leagues, but it's because uh, on every third series, the backup quarterback has to play. So it's important to have a good backup quarterback. And he won the game uh, a couple of weeks ago for the beast on the last. Okay. And speaking of SCS, I want you to look at the tip of where this finger is pointing right now. Look at this guy. Look at this guy back here. Look, look where I'm pointing at. That is Greg. That is kind of funny, Greg. Whatever, what is his other names? Greg over at Kinda Funny or Overtime Greggy. I don't know all of Greggy's names, but Greggy, I just wanted to bring you on the show this week because, you know, Greggy, I actually want to compliment you too. And we're giving out roses all the time. So, Greggy, I want to give you a rose because I like how you do social media. I like how you engage with the fans. I like how you engage with me. I had fun with it, Greggy. So, I wanted to tell you that. No matter what happens, you are right by me. Oh, <laughs> he come to the Atlanta Dream Game. Oh yeah, Greg, come to an Atlanta Dream Game. You are more than welcome. We'll set you up nicely and let you, you know, you can stream from the game somehow or something. But yeah, let's talk about it. I like what he's doing over there. Kind of funny, Greg. All right, guys. Uh, today for Remote Roses, we got Megan McPeak. Megan, how's it going? I'm good. Everyone, how are you doing? It's fine. Thank you. Uh, Could you just tell us like a little bit uh, about yourself and what you do? Yeah. So I am a uh, Hamilton native. So I'm 45 minutes west of Toronto, born and raised in Canada. 
And currently I am here in Washington, DC with Monumental Sports and Entertainment. And I do the play-by-play -play for the Capital City Go-Go, which is the Wizards uh, G League affiliate, as well as uh, the voice for the Washington Mystics as well too. That's awesome. Nice. And uh, you want to start out with your guesses for Remote Roses. All right, so I'm ready. Are you all ready? Yeah, I, was, I, I know I know Renee had to go and I was really hoping I would stump her on this one so oh. hopefully once yeah. you guys well hopefully that means I'll get one. see if you can while stump her gone. afterwards while she's gone, I can get one <laughs> so the first clue is this person led the big east in steals as a freshman <laughs> I'm stumped okay <laughs> so the next clue in 2018 they were honored with the Kurt Gowdy Award which is part of the Basketball Hall of Fame um, I got nothing so far <laughs> and my final guess or my final clue sorry Jeff Van Gundy during a game referred to them as the LeBron James of broadcasters. All right, I'll just guess. The LeBron James. You not only stumped Renee, you stumped all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, um, led the league in steals. Um, oh, it was a here was that that they led in steals. LeBron James Ooh. broadcasting. Great follow-up question. Let me double check when they were in college. Oh, and said, I can, oh, it'll give you an idea. Big, you just said led the Big East, okay? You didn't give a year, okay. No. Um, so they were in college, to give you an idea, in the late 90s. Mm. Mark that out. <laughs> Sorry, late 80s. I apologize. Late 80s. I apologize. Oh, 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 oh. So that might that might really give the biggest clue to go with the other clues. Big East. Oh. I don't know if she was broadcasting though. Is it a girl or a guy? It is a girl. Good is guess, that? but it is not, it is not that. Not Lisa Leslie. Um, oh, not I Lisa know Leslie. Paul, Paul might have it. No, no, Paul. Nope. Uh, not Lobo. Not Lobo. Okay, 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 okay. I'm still in the hunt. I'm still in the hunt. Okay. Um, Thompson. Nope, not Tina Thompson. Oh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl. Um, Cheryl thinking Miller? Cheryl Miller. Yes. Nope. <laughs> what? Who's Cheryl Miller. What about Cheryl Swoops? Nope, but very good guess because that would have been the other person I might have thought of. Okay, it's it's uh the comics lady. I know who it is now. What's her name? Oh shoot! Oh, she played for the comics. Uh, nope, nope, mm. nope. <laughs> Stumped. I mm -hmm. am truly okay. Uh, Lobo. Um. Oh, uh, no, I don't even know if she played basketball. <laughs> Commentator in the eighties. Um, I'm thinking it's the coach from. No, she wasn't a coach. Was she a coach? 
I know who she this is. Might be the hardest one yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, oh my goodness! And I can see her face. I just cannot think of. I don't, I don't know if she actually played played that. Which telecast is she on? Yeah, that'll, that'll be way too obvious at that point. Obvious. Okay. She is currently still broadcasting. And that's, that's why I think I know who it is. Is she's she was a uh, I think she was a was she ever a the coach? Sina Robinson. No, but very close. Yeah, that was, she, that was ACC. Okay, I, I don't know. And she's I don't think she played in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, she might not. Have These are all very good guesses, though. I love it. And as soon as, hear, as soon as we can hear it, it's going to be like, oh, duh. Um, in the eighties. Big East. Oh gosh, the Big East. The Big Remember East. Four. Yep. Who? That's who it was. Paul got it. It was. <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't know she played basketball. Who? She played uh, Doris Burke. Oh, Doris Burke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a goose egg. Oh my. She God. played at Providence. She oh, always references man. Providence and being a friar anytime she does. Um, a uh, game, I believe Billy Donovan was a friar as well too. And I believe they played at the same time. Oh, the first my. lady of broadcasting. Actually. Yes, the first lady of broadcasting paved the way uh, for many of us. And you guys, you guys should have got them. You guys are way older than me. You know what, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> now well, now you have the clues. So see, say that again. I tell Paul he's gonna make us run up to Connecticut if he keeps talking. <laughs> <laughs> Now you have the clues, so see if you can take those clues and stump Renee. Since she played in the Big East, she oh, yeah. should know her. Big, she should know her Big East. The Big East history. <laughs> All right, so I think I know. I think I know what we'll do. We'll do something like that. I'll, maybe uh, like I'll just get on with her and and we'll give her the clues or something. Or yeah. we'll show. Her. Yeah, we didn't guess it right. Anyways, I could just show her the video. We're gonna show her the video and we'll have her guess. So yeah, she'll add on your guessing. So then, yes. Yeah. Actually, when she, she was on in her senior year, Doris Burke did a great uh, 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 promotion or a little, you know, on her. Uh, it was great. She's just great. Doris Burke is just a great announcer and and really an inspiration to other individuals because she's jump sports. She's at football and. So, you know, it just shows that where you can go as a female in, in, in you know, in these days. In yeah. Time. As, a, as a, young, uh, a young girl in college, I wanted to change the aim and be the Canadian Doris Burke. So that's why I wanted to make sure I gave her, I gave her her roses. Oh, while we still, roses. Well, well, she still enjoy it. Let's give yes. her and everyone their yeah. roses while we still can. Absolutely. Yes. Thank yes. you so very what? much. Awesome. That was awesome. And we had, if we had the roses throw, we'd be throwing them. But since we don't have the roses. I got some real flowers <laughs> right here, but I'm not going to do that. The only problem is we let it go too long. So Paul got the answer. That's the only drawback. <laughs> so now he's moved ahead. I think he's at three. Yeah, yeah I'm at three, guys. Uh, I have a goose egg still. I still have a, a, a big old <laughs> Goofy. That's uh, all right. It just means that your your streak is coming. Your streak is coming. I get on a roll. Gotta get on a roll. <laughs> but thank you so very much for coming. Can't wait to see if Renee gets this. So she better get this one. So you I know. hope so. Her I hope so. Too, she better get it. it. Yes. Yes. And thank you very much. And keep up the good work. And thank you. Thank, thank yeah, you all for having it. me. Thank no you. Problem. Tell Renee I said hello. We sure will. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
All right. So listen, that's all we have for this week. I love filming every week. Listen, where we connect while being remote. Catch you guys next week. upon the big boy interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood introducing neighbor to neighbor a california volunteers network that empowers you to take action contribute to local needs and be a part of something bigger than yourself visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community neighbor to neighbor it takes a neighborhood hello